There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue, been the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And here we are, the final season so far, asterisk, depending on when you find the show. Yeah, season 11, just to clarify. Which also isn't fully done. No. Kind of, sort of. The main season is done, but there's going to be a Giles mini that comes out that's going to take place during the season as well that hasn't happened yet. You would know. Well, like, yes. I have the order in for the first issue, I think. So that means it's supposed to come out within two months? I think it's next month, because I feel like issue two is going to be in this month's order, because I haven't done the this month's order yet. Oh, okay. I usually wait till the end of the month. Just so I have the most accurate numbers. You can go in and edit it before the cutoff, but it's just easier to do it all at once so you don't forget anything. Unrelated, I suppose. I suppose. All right. Season 11, written by Christos Gage. Main series artist, Rebecca Isaacs. With our fill-in artist for issues four and five being done by George's Genty. And unlike every other arc that we've done so far, at least since we've been fully consolidated to the Dark Horse side of things, this is going to be a six-issue story. Season 11 as a whole is much shorter, only 12 issues. We're just going to split it 50-50 the way that some of the graphic novels do. I see you're still a little bitter about the Angel graphic novels. Today we're still playing with Buffy. Just completely up front, because we'll get into it as it goes along. I love this season. This season, I think, is the best season of Buffy that we've ever had. This is the best stuff since After the Fall. I was going to clarify that it was Buffy that you loved in this season, but yes, you just did that. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you're there for me. Well, you know, we'll get, there, we'll get there next episode. I almost said issue, and I really struggled with that. <laughs> no, I love this season. This season is so good. It's really tight, and it's... I think the thing that really sells it for me is this is the first season that's really felt like it's had a purpose. Except yeah, there's definitely no wasted space in this. Yeah, season eight felt like, as much as I love season eight, it was kind of like, hey, it's a party and all of our friends are invited. Yep. Which isn't a bad thing. No, but this is definitely the opposite of that. It's very much... We have a we reason have a to tell the story. very specific thing that we're trying to tell you. It feels more like a movie than a television season. To a point, yeah. I can roll with that. In a good way. Yeah. In the best way that, like, when you're like, I'm in the mood for a movie, because you just want a total, complete story that is succinct and well done. Yeah, as much as I enjoy the comics as a whole, like, reading season 11 just feels like a breath of fresh air into the franchise. Like, it needed this season. Just giving everything kind of purpose again, more of, here they are, they keep getting older and doing things. Well, and even, I remember reading season 8 and feeling like, Five issues was a lot to get through because they were five issues that didn't really have anything to do with one another or they were five issues that, I don't know, that just felt very... You talk about that one shard arc? All of them? Not all of them. That's totally unfair. But it did feel like a lot to get through five issues, whereas this was a six-issue graphic novel that I flew through. This is tight stuff. Whatever, let's start blowing it up and start talking about it. What are we doing to it? We're going to stop blowing it up and start talking about it. Like a balloon? Do you talk to balloons? Sometimes. Do you? No. Hmm. I do remember when I was a kid, I had like a Mylar balloon that lasted like five years. It just wouldn't pump. Who let you keep that for five years? You would never let me keep a balloon for five years. Well, you would never let me keep a balloon for five days. It was on a stick and I could put it in my toy chest. I was a young man. You still would not let me keep a balloon for five days. No, I don't I care if I could put it in a toy chest. <laughs> I'd pop that and be like, this is done. We're all You'd done. be like, your balloon died. I don't know what happened. It's adding too much clutter to the house. Oh my gosh. 
Anyway, I'm back an, to the story. I'm anti-clutter. Are you? I haven't noticed. Oh, really? Is, the, is that not a character trait of mine? That I hate clutter? In all fairness, we have a pretty clean house. We open up The Spread of Their Evil with part one of The Spread of Their Evil. And we open up with Buffy and Spike killing something in a sewer. Woo! It's like Murder! a worm thing with like weird teeth in a circle. It's not great. Yeah. It looks really gross. I mean, it looks like he has a butt for a face and he's surrounded by teeth. It's not great, whatever it is. So they're trying to kill it. It's not going super well. Spike tries to bite it. It's just slime. Yeah, for the most part, as much as I love the season, I will nitpick a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I can't not. Literally panel two, I'm going to nitpick that. It has been well established in this world that vampires can't really drink the blood of other demons. So Spike's plan is to bite it and drink it. I just thought his his plan was to bite it because his fangs are a weapon. Yeah. And then he just goes, no blood, just slime. Like, yeah, of course. Like every other demon that you can't eat from, which later on in this arc we will say is fine with some demons. Anyway, but moving on. I can, I can also rationalize that one. But Buffy has a plan. Yeah, stab it in the face. It opens up its giant circular mouth, ready to eat Buffy, who is ensnared in her tentacle. And, you know, she goes from the Drax school of thought, saying that the skin is thinner on the inside, and stabs it through the mouth into its brain. Whoa. 1,000% missed these two pages. Did Let's you really read not, them real quick. Did you not read them? I just missed them entirely. <laughs> you just skipped on ahead? That makes no sense. I know. I thought it was weird. Hold on. I'm leaving this, by the way. I'm not, <laughs> not going to let you off the hook. Uh, the page is stuck together. There's Dowling. Oh my god. Dowling's in this story. Thank god. Oh wow. Wow. All caught up? Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I just moved past it. So now that Buffy is stabbed, we'll call him Snagglepuss. Okay. We'll never mention him again. Through the brain. Dowling shows up with his crew. Yeah, the cops are there to clean up the supernatural thing, because apparently it's not just Spike who's working with the cops anymore. Buffy also has a fun badge where she's doing consulting. And they were like, wow, this isn't very romantic, you two. Good point, Dowling. (laughs) I also like that Dowling continues his super peppy lifestyle. He's just happy about everything. I know, I really appreciate him. (laughs) I know, everyone's so dour in this world, and Dowling just shows up like, hey guys, what's going on? We kill a thing? All right, let's clean it up. Together as friends, let's hold hands. He's like, how are you two doing? (laughs) Spike's like, you know... Hit a rough patch. We're doing better. Dowling's like, that is fantastic for everyone. Uh, He's very earnest. He is overall, but just happy about life. Yeah. Worth mentioning up front about the art. Uh, We continue with Rebecca Isaacs. I think this is her best season yet. We do see a bit of an artistic change in her style. She switches up her inking and, you know, not being an artist, I can't really speak to it, but she seems to be using a thicker pen for a lot of her detail work. Yeah, it, it means that overall everything is a little bit less... I don't know. It's a it's a little bit bolder. Yeah, because she does penciling and inking. And you can see a lot more definition in her inking lines. It's a different style. And overall, I think I like it better. I like it. It looks great. And also in general, just speaking of her art style, um, she's not the pages that we just talked about. But in general, she seems to have grown a lot more comfortable with her like layouts and kind of going a little bit outside the box which i greatly appreciate like overall this is by far her best i don't want to say by far but it's definitely her best season of art and i love it i also appreciate that buffy's hair has grown out a little bit yeah i like buffy's hair in this season spike's hair is the same get new hair spike get new fingernails is more important what's spike do for a different haircut not have black fingernails i feel like he's stuck at this point don't care about spike's hair care about his fingernails long hair don't care so we flip back to Buffy, Don, and Willow's apartment, where Willow is having a little Wiccan group meeting. Kind of a first meeting type situation. Yeah, and we see a full range of characters. There's men and women, young and old, 
but not so young that they're like teenagers. Yeah, and these are all people who are interested in learning about the Wiccan lifestyle and how to become witches and wizards, I guess. Or warlocks. Warlock probably makes more sense. Yeah. I like the Harry Potter version. I'm going to say witches and wizards. In this world, it was warlocks. I don't care. Okay. Wizard. Did it. As one Boom. Does. Snuck it in. So glad I didn't think about that until late in the run of the show. I know, because so many things are... Wizard did it. Yes. Or Willow did it. That works. And Buffy and Spike arrive home from their recent murdering. Happy as clams. Yep. Clam wizards. Oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. (laughs) Because the first thing they see is Xander at a grill and he says, Cheese it, the fuzz! Which, cheese it is still an odd expression, but the fuzz makes more sense because I thought he was just talking to Spike, but I thought it was a weird way to greet both of them. Cheese it means run away. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) It's not just a tasty snack. I didn't know what it meant. I was pretty sure he wasn't talking about the crackers, but I thought it meant like, oh darn. (laughs) No. This old timey slang has done you in. Oh my god, we still have six issues. Uh, this is going to get us a three-star rating on iTunes, I can tell you that. I wish we had cheeses. <laughs> and everyone goes on to the roof to have a barbecue. Giles has been gelling his hair far too much. Excuse me? Who's talking? Frosted Tips? Is that you? Excuse me, that was... When you were Giles' age? Younger, I think. How old is a seventh grader? Twelve. Ah, so one year younger than Giles. <laughs> you let so much embarrassing information about me on the show out. <laughs> And everyone's talking like, hey, how's it going? And Buffy wants to expose what everyone's life is like. Don and Xander are back together, happy as clams. Second time you've used that. Hmm. Is everybody as happy as a clam? I just hope someone's minding the shop. <laughs> if we're going to keep reusing <laughs> phrases. Dear listener, please feel free to listen back to our last episode. Two episodes ago? Don't know. It was two because it was... It was yeah, Angel. yeah, two episodes. And Dawn mentions that she's getting her grades, and Buffy's like, oh, you're more of an academic than I ever was, being in your mid-30s and still getting your undergrad. She didn't say the last bit, the last two bits. And Buffy's a little bit sad. Everyone's moving forward with her life, except for her, because she's still basically been doing the same thing since she was 15 years old, and just killing demons, fighting a big bat around May, and then taking a few months off. Yeah, pretty much. But that's kind of the whole point, Buffy. No offense. And so Dawn tries to cheer her up and she's like, no, you literally shared your power with thousands of other young women and you've changed the whole face of Slayer ring. And, and then, slaying. And then one very important line, you ran the magic council. Meaning the magic council is all done. I guess they put in all of the rules of magic and it's fine. Which yeah. Is, I kind of wanted to see that, but whatever, it's fine. We, I caught that too. On. And I thought it was so weird. And then I forgot about it because the rest of this arc <laughs> just kind of flies along. And I was oh like, my God. oops. But I, story-wise, good call to not try to exacerbate the story with a secondary line. And while they're having their roof barbecue, because I guess that's what you do in San Francisco. Yeah, or any big city. I don't know. We have a deck. We live in the opposite of a big city because we've got a rural development loan. It's fair. They yelled a man on the phone. Anyway, moving on. All of a sudden a storm comes up. <gasps> the X-Men? No. Aww. And Xander's like, the internet lied to me. It wasn't supposed to rain tonight. He must have been using the Apple weather app. Yeah, I know. Burn! I got him! But I can't believe that you still use that. I also appreciate <laughs> local and national weather services. I never look at that Apple weather app. Anyway. So just like, quick, save the buns. Yes. And lightning rains down, but not just lightning. Also a dragon. And a dragon rains down. Is it Cordelia? No, it's purple. I think they name it like Shenlon or something. Something along those lines. Big old purple dragon. It's a Chinese storm dragon, by yeah. the way. He's all about the storms. Willow and Giles zap lightning at him. 
Doesn't do anything. They mention that water follows him as he goes, so he is coming into San Francisco, creating a tsunami as he goes. Buffy jumps on top of him with the scythe to try and kill him. Doesn't do anything. Yeah, stabs him in the face, because in all fairness... It works with most things. That's the most effective attack there is ever. Stab it in the face. Instead, it kicks Buffy off. Everyone continues to fire. Buffy jumps at it again. It gets knocked off again. The dragon snorts. And then a weird thing that kind of bugs me about this arc. I think this might be one of my last nitpicks. So, hey, we're getting him out early, I guess. Yeah. We turn the page and they're just like, oh, the dragon's gone now. When? He was literally there a panel ago. There is no visual indication of what happened. They're just like, oh, hey, he's gone. Why? Okay, honestly, it was the fact that the dragon was gone in that page, because it's a page turn as well. So you turn the page and the dragon's gone. That made me think that I didn't miss anything in that other one. because I was like, oh, we're just having a jumpy issue. (laughs) Okay. Just going random scene to random scene. Yeah, the dragon's gone. No explanation. Do you see what I mean, though? No visual indication as to why. Or written word. No. But in its wake, there is still a tsunami in San Francisco. Yeah, dragon shooting blasts of energy, tsunamiing up the place. And so Buffy and crew spike and really? everybody else the scoobies they do everything they can to try All to save as many people as they can but honestly if a tsunami hit san francisco out of nowhere literally unexplained unexpected it would go about as terribly as this did yeah everybody's dead and they're they're you know moving walls and they're picking up cars and doing everything they can to save people but you just can't save everyone and that is honestly one of the most heartbreaking things in this first issue. Oh, really? Because the next two issues just raise my I said, anxiety. I said in the first issue. In the first issue. And then we cut to the White House where we see the vice president. But I think it's kind of interesting here is a lot of times what you see in like comics and movies and TV. Like you might not get like an exact like, hey, this is, you know, the exact president at the time. But you usually get like. Approximation there. Yeah. yeah. And this one is just mass, nah, just an old white guy with a comb over. Yeah. From well. the vice president. And they're trying to figure out what to do inside the White House and what their reaction is going to be. The vice president just goes, I think the question before us is less how this happened and more what we're going to do about it. End of issue. You know it's not going to end well. Yeah. Because if there's any constant in Buffy, it's that the government is good and helpful. Yeah. So we turn the page to the next issue. Ugh. And we find out there's a press conference happening. And everybody has cats still in Xander and Spike's apartment. As they should. The cats deserve to live. Oh. The writer's a cat person. Good. Where's our cat? Is he down here? I he remember he knocked something over in the other room. Oh, upstairs. Yeah, that's right. No, I thought it was down here. I think it's upstairs. We'll find out, I guess, afterwards. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. Sounds better when you call. And before this press conference happens, the Scoobies have a little bit of a powwow where they determine that the dragon's arrival seems to be a deliberate act that someone wanted to bring it there to bring in all of this chaos and terribleness and it wasn't just like a random dragon being like hey how how's it going right it was an act of war and then we turn to the tv where we see the new secretary of supernatural ophelia reyes ophelia is also the funniest name out there is it oh yeah because that's Ophelia and you can make oh, jokes God. you're literally the worst <laughs> so ophelia also shakespeare so the nice part is that the government has decided that the supernatural realm is important enough that it deserves its own cabinet position. The not so nice part is that 
our fun new secretary of Supernatural has decided that there needs to be a census. Not like a Christmas census. But a census for all supernatural beings. And like to put them on a list. Yeah. And Jalice is like, well, I guess that's logical. Censuses could be valuable. And Spike for example, It's like, if you're a fascist, it's fine. Also, I could never take the census seriously. My all-time favorite Three Stooges gag involves them being census takers. Huh. Mo goes up to a house and he opens the door. He's like, are you married or happy? A woman screams in the background of the guy who he's asking the questions to duck and like a pot hits mo and he goes flying backwards he just gets up kind of shakes and goes married <laughs> that you have you're married did you do the census in 2010 i don't remember I feel like i just threw it away seriously you threw away the census you were in college you shouldn't have wait i wouldn't have been around i didn't really have a mailing address you were in college they just brought it to your dorm oh i don't remember they brought it to my dorm anyway you probably threw it away. I probably did. We both know the answer here. Um, but for legal purposes of this podcast, I filled it out accurately and succinctly. Mailed it back in a timely fashion with the correct amount of postage. I feel like it's postage page. Anyway, I filled out the census for real, so that makes one of us. For real, I did too. For real, I'll fill it out again in two years when it comes to us. Not if I get to the mail first. You're not going to fill it out. Anyway, Willow's like, yeah, this is a terrible idea. Everything about this is terrible. And in San Francisco, they have a bunch of trailers set up to kind of house people who have been dehomed. FEMA trailers. Yeah, and it's kind of a free-for-all. Humans, demons alike are all staying together. I feel like I have those shorts that Buffy's wearing. They're from Nike. They do kind of look like your shorts. I know. I feel like I have them. And Buffy and Spike are around the trailers helping out when they overhear a bunch of humans beating up a demon. Yeah, who are telling him to go home, go back to his country of origin or like dimension. Dimension of origin. Look, as much as I enjoyed this arc, a lot of it's a little house. Yeah, so they're blaming the demon for all of the troubles that have happened to them, even though the demon is just as much a victim of the random dragon tsunami as anybody else. He's like, I was exiled, I can't go home, it'll kill me. And one guy, and... I will refrain from harsh language about him because I hate this guy. This is a generalization of a guy who doesn't understand the difference between tolerance and acceptance, which I think is kind of a big old problem currently in the world. Mm -hmm. I lost my brother in the tsunami, you monster. I've always tried to be tolerant, but this is what accepting the likes of you gets us. Oh, I know he's not a real person, but I'm just like, you dumb son of a bitch. Yes, puppies. He is a dumb puppy. (laughs) Uh, This arc (laughs) just... The interesting part about this arc is that it came out right as some other things came out in the news, like within the same week. But because it's a, you know, published comic, it gets done months and months in advance. It was just the timing of some of this stuff couldn't have been worse, better. I don't know which one. One of those two, definitely. More on the nose. Yeah. And they start beating the demon only for Buffy to grab the piece of rebar that they're doing it with. To take it and twist it, and then Buffy and Spike beat up the mob. Just enough to send them away. They're not actually trying to hurt the people. Yeah, which works for this world, but this feels a little Rocky Five to me, where they're like, hey, guess what? Violence is the answer. Rocky Five is never the answer, so let's not... Rocky Five is never the answer. So let's not, let's not dwell on that. In all much. fairness, their ring is also outside. Oh my gosh, we're all done with that. Um, And right as Buffy is breaking all of this up, a band of slayers arrives led by a girl named Jordan. Jordan is tall and buff. Yeah, and Jordan comes up to Buffy and she's like, hey, we want to recruit you because the government finally realized that all of this is falling apart and we need slayers whose job it is to protect the people from the demons. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. I mean, they're not working for Deep Scan anymore. That's where they originated. But now the government's not just 
contracting them. The government's hiring them. Yeah, just straight up paying them. And and Buffy is like, no, I refuse to work with people. The, <laughs> the government. Yeah. But in all fairness, how it all shakes out, Buffy's definitely in the right. But coming from Jordan's initial proposal, it definitely feels more like, I mean... Back when people didn't know that demons existed, they're basically doing what Buffy did. Yeah. It's just that now that people know that demons exist, demons aren't given any right, but whether or not they should is on... Anyway. Yeah, it brings up interesting questions in the arc, like, where do things fall? Like, if there's going to be a Department of Supernatural Affairs or whatever, like, where does that stand legally? We've talked about this a little bit on the show, like, how does killing vampires and other demons actually fall into place? Like, are you just a murderer under the, like, eye of the law and stuff like that? Well, and They then, don't answer those questions either, they're just like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, and in this world, there's always been nice demons that Buffy and Angel and everybody else have always let live, but... We've never really dealt with the fact that anybody besides Buffy and Angel and whoever else had the power to decide what rights those demons got. And they all go back to the apartments, which thankfully haven't been flooded, where Andrew comes in and he's like, hey guys, how's it going? Um, I'm fleeing the country. I'm going to Italy. Which we've seen him in Italy multiple times. I'm really with Andrew on this one. Take me, Andrew, and we'll be gone. And I'm a little sad Andrew's disappearing because I think this is the best art we've had on Andrew's face. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, as far as like looking like the actor and all that, it looks really good. And the other thing I really like too is that's a very Andrew move to be like, okay, I'm going to get out before all of this blows up in our faces. And I really appreciate all of you guys. Does anybody want to come with me? Is anyone moving to Canada? Italy. Okay, sorry. Please, we would move to Italy. You'd get an Italian passport pretty quickly. Yeah. Hopefully. I imagine I would. Your mom would. She'd let us stay with her. I'm pretty Italian. Your mom's more Italian. Literally, she actually can get a, a literally passport. Literally double the amount of Italian that I am, yes. Yeah, she can actually get a passport, so we'd just go stay with her for a while. Change my last name. Cool. Does that yeah. mean I have to change my last name? Yes. You have to become Italian now. Do I become Amelia? No. We just switched the last name. We have an Italian last name. But why wouldn't I change my name to Amelia? I don't know. Then it would all mat. Be all Italian together. Anyway. And Buffy's like, this is dumb. We're not going to run from a fight. And Andrew's like, I am. Deuces. I'm really with Andrew on this one. There's no good answer. And so going, he's like, I'm going to a more enlightened country. Good job, Andrew. Okay, bye. The press secretary comes out and says that unauthorized use of supernatural powers is now a crime in the United States. And a use will be designated as against the law. And the only way that you can have a designated use of supernatural powers is by registering with the census. Yeah. So they Uh, bring up a really good point. They're like, what counts as use of supernatural powers? Is it... Yeah, Giles mentions that it's incredibly vague. Yeah. And so they're like, is it when Buffy uses her supernatural strength to carry groceries? Is it, you know, Willow just existing with magic, even if she's not technically using it? And Willow gets a text and then she immediately says that she has to leave. And we see the apartment of Calliope and Linda. And Calliope is one of the Wiccans in Willow's new little coven group, who also happens to be a lesbian. Right. And um, they get a rock thrown through their window. Calliope's on the phone with the police. Um, like, just barricade yourselves and we'll get there as quick as we can. There's a lot of activity happening right now. Yeah, the police are like, basically, we can't get there. It's kind of like AAA during a snowstorm. And a Molotov cocktail is thrown through the door and they're about to be, you know, literally burned to death. We see the protesters outside who are just like... Just waiting for them to come out so they can attack them. Yeah, they're like, oh, we don't want to kill them. And one guy's like, hey, they're witches. Let witches burn. This is Salem, baby. Except no witches actually burned in Salem. The guy was crushed by a bunch of rocks. Still not burning, and also it was a guy. Whatever. I used to know his name. We saw that wax museum. We did see the wax museum. (laughs) I've been to that wax museum twice. And it was fantastic both times. 
I liked it better the first time when they had like old timey voice boxes that were really broken, and also all the fingers had fallen off. There's a reason they revamped it. <laughs> Gross. And as all the witches and Linda, who has nothing to do with this really, Poor are, Linda. are trying to figure out what to do, Willow bursts in, puts out the fire, flies out, and just starts kicking ass. Yeah, and the crowd is out there, and they're just yelling at Willow, and she's like, do you even know what we are? Do you know what we could do she's if like, you actually made please. us that mad? Like... Yeah, most Wiccans are just normal people like yourselves, and you're attacking them. But do you know what the few who aren't? They're like me. Remember, the next time you decide to mess with one of us, ask yourselves what we'll do if you really piss us off. And somebody recorded that on their cell phone. And Willow goes viral! Shocking. She's famous! And so Lake (laughs) brings her into the government, and Lake is like, She should at least collect that AdSense off that video. Yeah, and Lake is like, that's not great. Poor choices, one and all. Nobody saw the first part. They where you were saw saving it. people, where you were yelling at a crowd and shooting blasts of magic at bystanders. Right. And like, it's like, look, we don't really know what to do with you, but... I don't like her tie. No. And she's like, but look, here is the new supernaturalist secretary. But no, look, at, she has a blazer and then a very dark shirt and a very dark tie. I don't like the dark tie on top of the dark shirt. If you're going to wear a dark tie, like it shouldn't be against a dark shirt. If you're going to wear a dark shirt, wear a lighter color tie. And in Willow and Lake's meeting, you know, Lake, her ex from last season, Ophelia Reyes, the secretary of the supernatural, comes in. And Ophelia's like, look, you're very well-known. You're very powerful. We'd love to have you on our side, a.k.a. the government. And Willow tries to negotiate her own rules of the deal. She's like, well, maybe if I could stay anonymous, be my own boss. And Ophelia, funny name, is like, yeah, no, that ain't happening. Do you mean autonomous? What did I say? Anonymous. Probably she wants to be anonymous too, but definitely autonomous. Yeah, definitely both. And so Willow gives her some massive side eye. Side eye! And she's like, K, bye, no. Yeah. Not forever. So this is how it's going to be now. Two kinds of supernatural beings. The ones you have in a leash and the ones you have in a cage. My answer is no. You're going to arrest me? Or should I say, try? And they're like, no, you're a citizen. We're not going to arrest you. But if you use any magic, we will. Yeah. So, whoops a doodle. Meanwhile, Buffy is sitting at home in her pajamas, which 1000% I would do the same thing. I'm doing that right now. I think that's a jumper. Do you mean a jumpsuit? Whatever. I don't know. A jumper is a dress or a sweater if you're British. What do I mean? Do you mean a romper? Yeah. Yeah. She's in a romper. I think she's actually in pajamas. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. It looks comfy. Either way. And so Willow's explaining what happened to her, and she's like, did I do the right thing? And everybody's like, yeah, you can't do anything else. So they turn on the TV again. Where Ophelia Reyes is speaking, and we'll just go to the end of it. This level of fear and violence is unacceptable. No one is safe. The current state of affairs cannot stand. In the past few years, the world has changed more drastically than ever before. Our policies and preparedness have not kept up. Growing disturbing images of violence are spreading on news broadcasts and social media. This is not the America we know, and it must stop. And boy, I really backed myself into a corner there by not just paraphrasing. You really did. Because <laughs> there's a lot more. And basically the solution that the United States government has come up with is for all these undocumented magical beings now have to go into safe zones. Not just undocumented, but documented as well. All magical beings. Basically internment camps are coming back to America. Which they actually say that. Yeah. And this literally came out the week that that idea was being floated around. It was impressive timing that could have been predicted specifically by no one. Yeah, oof, boy. 
as much as the season as a whole has a very specific message and point to it, escapism it is not. No, and it moves very quickly. No, by the way, I love this season, but just reading them like, oh yeah, there's my anxiety. Yeah, it's a little bit too on the nose to feel. Hey, it captures a certain spirit of time. Comfortable right now. The nice thing is that you know that they didn't write this when this is all exactly happening. This was not a reaction. This is a prediction. Uh, it's also a bit of a reaction. Yes, but you know what I mean. It's not. It's more on the nose than I think they even meant it to be. I mean, it's really a reaction to a very stable genius. Anyway, moving on. I'm probably not going to. Let's move on. Look, if I have a time to talk. Let's move on. (laughs) These people are not here to listen about that. They're listening about Buffy. So they're literally listening about that? So we're listening to Buffy. Okay. Buffy and Giles have a contact in the underground where Giles gets forged documents saying that he is now officially 100% a human. Which is a good call. He gets a passport, a birth certificate. Let's see the long form of that, because how do we know otherwise? So, anyway. Okay, sorry, having trouble here. You are. Can you make it? I can make it. I don't know if I can make I don't care. It's my show. I'll do what I want. It's our show. It is. That's true. How far can I go? Not far. Mm. You can stay to Buffy. So, <laughs> Giles gets a new passport, birth certificate, etc. And right as they're about to get his document, well, the demon who created them is like, so that'll be... More money than you expected in the first place. Yeah, definitely not the price we agreed on. Because, you know, supply and demand, now that the government's cracking down, price goes up. Right. Which, all fairness, good business. Yeah, so instead Buffy just beats up <laughs> the, the demon. demon who made the paperwork and... <laughs> the guy dealing it. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Actually, original price. <laughs> we like to keep the customers happy. Buffy's like, yeah. Which, yeah, in all fairness, can. they actually do give him the money. They just could have taken the documents and been like, we're gone. Yeah. But I guess they're being fair, so good for them. But it does seem to work. They got Giles into the system as a normal human being because also Xander and Dawn get checked off as normal human beings, even though Dawn is a key. I mean, a wizard did it, but she's fine. Yeah. She's human enough for them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she has all of the necessary documentation. On her birth certificate, wouldn't have said, like, mystical key. Right, right. And I guess she doesn't have, like, normal magic, so... Because they seem to have magic sensors, but she would not really show up as a magical... Except now that we know that she has powers to open up doorways. It doesn't super work, but we're not going to dwell on it. She is cleared. They literally gave her powers at the end of the last arc. Yes, they did. Yeah, I remember that. I was there. And Giles now has to go to school. To eighth grade, like a normal eighth grader. And he's terrified about this. And find out more in the upcoming Giles miniseries that has not been released yet. That's true, I never really thought about it. That's what that miniseries is going to be about, isn't it? Eighth grade. Yeah. I teach eighth grade. Because we can't have a Buffy story that doesn't get us away from high school. Guess not. Or younger. That's middle school. But Spike walks in and he's like, hey guys, so bad news. Got fired from my consulting job with the San Francisco Police Department and also got a ticket to the safe zone, so. Not only am I an illegal immigrant, I'm also a vampire. Bad news, everybody. I'm a double illegal. Yes, bad news for everybody. And Willow is also supposed to go to the safe zone, but they have a little bit of time. They have until Friday to kind of get their affairs in order and say goodbye to everybody. Only for a bam, bam, bam at the door. And by, that's a knocking noise, by the way, not a gunshot. Well, it's like a pounding on the door. And who is it but Jordan, our new least favorite person? Our super tall and super buff slayer. Yes, and she's like, okay, so I'm here for Spike and Willow. Um, they have 15 minutes to get their stuff together, and then we're all going to the magic zone. Yep. 
not what it's actually called, the safe zone. They evaluated flight risks, and Willow and Spike both made them. Slayers... Fair, you know? Yeah. They would. They should. Uh, yeah, if this was real, they would 100% be on that. Buffy is exempt from it, because I guess Slayers, for whatever reason, because some of them have signed up with the government. Right, and they're humans, and so they're sworn to protect people from demons, so I guess they're still exempt. Anyway... Buffy's allowed to stay, but Spike and Willow need to go. Yeah, and Buffy's like, this is ridiculous. She takes it just as well as you expect her to. And Jordan gets in her face. She's like, yeah, you used to be one of us, and now you're just soft. Now you have a vampire fetish. Once you go drag, you never go back. Am I right? Does she actually say that? She literally says that. Wow. I must have skimmed over that particular bubble. And Buffy does what you think she would do and just tackles her. Down a flight of stairs. Hard. Yeah. Apparently the apartment's been repaired since DeHoffman ripped off the roof. Well, it's been a little while, right? A couple months, they mentioned. Yeah. So... Get together quicker than our post office. Oh my gosh. That burned down like a year and a half ago. And there's... See, it's not even plowed after the last storm. Oh, they're not. So nobody's working yeah. on it. No effort. It's... We're going to hit the two-year mark before they even start construction. Uh, I know, because it burned down during February vacation. Because I was oh, home. Yeah. So I was like... Why are there all those sirens? And you're like, don't know, don't care. And then I looked it up on the news and I was like, our post office is burning. And you were like, don't know, don't care. <laughs> Remember our charred mail? Yes. That was so weird. Anyway. The two of them have it out in a pretty spectacular fight scene. Yep. Buffy calls her a bully. And, and an amateur. Yep. And Jordan's like, whatever, I'm going to blow things up. They blow it a wall where Jordan has backup, both magic and slayer-like. And we get a pretty fantastic group shot of all of the Scoobies ready to go into battle. Sorry, do you like it when people are all lined up, ready to go to battle? I love a line! Except this line is not going to go that well because there's no real good way for this to end. They fight each other, but... Potentially to the death. They say that lethal force is encouraged. But Spike can't stomach it, and so he calls it off pretty quickly. By flipping a car. He's like, I'll surrender, I'll go. You really glossed over Spike flipping a car to be like, no more violence or property destruction. Oh no, the car. Well, if a car, a car is kind of the least of everybody's worries in this issue. Arc. World. And Spike surrenders. He's like, I can't have any violence because of me. And Willow agrees. She's like, I'm going to go too. I'm so they do. ready to surrender. And Buffy gives not the finger I would expect her to give and points at Jordan saying that goes, no Slayer exception for me. I'm going with them. And Jordan's like, fine. By all means. Do whatever you want. You still get your 15 minutes to pack. Who am I to stand in the way of romance? I just want Jordan to get punched in the face so many times. I mean, she was just punched in the face a bunch of times, but I feel like it wasn't enough for my satisfaction. Jordan's my middle name. I'm aware of that. It's one of your middle names. It is one of my middle names. Numerous. Anyway, um, so they all say their goodbyes, and they're all like, it's only temporary, we'll be back as quick as we can, do your best, stay in school, Dawn, Xander, feed the cats, Giles, be good at middle school. (laughs) But something that I think is really interesting here, and something that I do like about the season, they kind of abandoned the ensemble idea. Like, Xander and Don and Giles are afterthoughts. The story is about Buffy, Spike, and Willow. I actually... Okay, so you love a good ensemble piece, and I do too, but I appreciate it for this because... It was just tighter storytelling. Yeah, there's one really important story, and then whatever else is happening on the home front would be whatever else is happening on the home front. It would not be anywhere near as compelling or important. And for me, it's always interesting to me when this type of story kind of like catches my attention. There's two types of stories, character-driven, plot-driven. 98% of the time I want a character-driven story. 99. 99. But this is a plot-driven story, and I'm all about it. 
because the characters are so well established and it's the characters I guess that helps. it's the characters personalities that end up driving the plot like yeah. this would go very differently if spike had not flipped over the car and surrendered this would go very differently if willow had decided to go with the government again and try to work with them this would go very differently in a lot of ways but it becomes plot driven based on the characters actions from their well-established personalities yeah and we see everyone loading onto the bus including calliope the girl whose apartment was being burned down before her girlfriend isn't going because she's just a regular old human and they tell spike to go to the back of the bus it's like metaphor like yeah that's where the tinted windows are so you don't burn to death he's like ah back of the bus it is metaphor and not dying fantastic and Buffy brings the scythe with her. They don't try to take it away from her. They're like, you'll probably need it to protect yourself, so good luck. Like Second Amendment. It's and not really the Second Amendment. That's a scythe, not a... Anyway. Is she bearing an arm? It is an arm. All right. An she, armament. She's armed. Yes. Unlike Kimmy, only with the two arms she was born with. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> We've watched a lot of Kimmy Schmidt again. And I haven't been watching it. It's been you on. You have been watching a lot of Kimmy Schmidt. It's been kind Every of Every time there. I look at you, you are looking at Kimmy Schmidt or Titus Andromedon. TV's too loud. It's okay. hard to read. Okay. And then we start part four with our fill-in artist, George's Genty. And if you're going to have a fill-in artist, then why not go back to the mother? OG, because it's good to see his art again. Mother fudging? Yes, dear. You've watched a lot of Kimmy Schmidt. Let's go back to that again. <laughs> and so... Come on, do you not love it? I do love Rebecca Isaacs. I think that her and Christoph Gage have a wonderful collaboration, and I enjoy what they do, but it's really good to see George's Genty back. I'm equally pleased with both of them. I think they do a great job, and they have different styles, but they, they work together well enough that it is not a shocking change. Do you know what I mean? It's not... It doesn't take you out of the story. No, there's not... In a pleasant way. It's it's a change... It's a stylistic difference, but not a tonal difference. Yes. Well done. And we start part four, where Spike and Buffy are in the middle of a conversation inside of a trailer that they have inside of the safe zone. They have their own trailer. They never establish how trailers are kind of... Designated? Yeah, but I assume that they beat up some demons and said, get out, this is ours. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it does feel odd that Buffy and, and Spike get their own trailer. Because Willow's shacking up with like four other girls yeah and willow says that it's because they're all humans so to keep them safe together which also kind of makes sense and buffy and spike are just like we want to do it in our own trailer i don't dwell on that so this argument is one that we have seen we haven't seen before but clearly they have had before where buffy's like just do it you're starving you need something to eat yeah basically drink some of my blood yeah spike feeds on buffy which dark and he's like what if i can't stop and buffy's like you'll stop you have every other time because she literally throws him off of her yeah and buffy is getting weaker from every time that they feed an amount of time has passed we're not sure how much a few weeks at minimum maybe i'd probably guess around a month if i was gonna you know throw my own opinion into the mix which i am the safe zone is real weird because we see a collection like a tent city as well as some trailers and so i also don't know how the trailers were designated versus the tents but it's very clear that there's not enough rations to go around not really sure about human rations but definitely not enough blood rations to go around yeah we see a line going to the blood ration tent and one of the vampires freaks out he's like i can't deal with this anymore i'm starving all the time and he turns into his bat form flies up and hits a apparently mystical barrier and falls back down to the ground which he does apparently once a week 
They line up once a week for blood bags, and that's all they get for the week. Vampires, I don't think, can die of starvation, necessarily. Have we established that? Uh, we... If they can or can't? It's been mentioned once in the show. Uh, Spike brought it up to Giles, and Giles goes, oh, I, always, I always wonder what happened to Spike, so they literally become like living skeletons. Right, because Angel was under the lake, ocean, river, wherever that was. For like three months, yeah. One Connor dumped him in the bay. Right, so... And he only had a little bit of a cracked face. But yeah, Spike does establish at once that they become just like skeletons. So they're still as animated. Just hungry. Yeah. And we see some of the girls that Willow is living with in their trailer, including Calliope, who is doing one of her first spells, which is creating fire, which is good for heat, you know, if you're living in this internment camp. Yeah, and we find out through that that magic exists in the internment camp, mostly because they can't take the magic out of the beings, but that they can't, the barriers are very, very strong around them, such that Willow can't get, can't make any impression on, on them. Yeah, and Willow promises that she'll protect these girls no matter whether they're her responsibility for teaching them magic in the first place. Puts her hand on Calliope, and Calliope puts her hand on Willow. Bear in mind, Calliope has a girlfriend named Linda. I forgot her name already. It was Linda. I think Calliope also forgot her name. Willow definitely does. She says it at some <laughs> point. She goes, I forget her name. <laughs> it's Linda. <laughs> yeah, she's like, her name escapes me. Yes. I wasn't even kidding. <laughs> but yeah, me and Willow, we also, we both forgot. And then we see a fight start in the yard, which is probably a common occurrence there. Yeah. And from the outside, there are some Slayer guards looking in, but they make no move to come inside and break up the fight. They don't actually care. Yeah, Jordan and the ex-Deep Scan Slayers. Thanks, Kennedy. Yeah, it becomes very clear that... God, you were trying to get back in our good graces, but guess what, Kennedy? You're not gonna get there, because now you train these ones. Oh, gosh, you're yelling at a fictional character now. <laughs> so, um, it becomes very clear... It becomes very clear that... The Slayers are only there to make sure that there's no escaping that actually happens. They don't care about what happens inside the safe zone. The safe zone is not really well named. So Buffy breaks up the fight, kicks a lot of ass, but doesn't actually kill anyone. Right. And she almost gets strangled by this one demon, which isn't great because she's weakened from the spike feeding. Yeah. And she's been keeping it from Willow. The fight ends and Buffy leaves almost collapsing. And Willow goes, I knew it as soon as I saw the scarf because Buffy has been wearing fancy scarves. Yeah. Do you think there are laundry facilities in the safe zone? I don't know. I'm going to go with yes. They have a fridge in their trailer. And Buffy said she's only doing it when Spike really needs it. Willow's like, well, why doesn't he get a job with one of the work crews? Because they have vampire work crews doing mysterious things. And when the vampire work crews work, they get paid in extra rations. Buffy says that they won't give him a job, basically. That he is persona non grata, and that all the night crews are full anyway. And Spike comes in trying to be, like, extra peppy, which is kind of a weird play for Spike, but I kind of like it. One of the things that I do want to discuss in a couple episodes when we do our retrospective, coming soon, is talking about character growth. And Spike, I think, is one of our top contenders. Yeah. Like, Spike complaining about rations and blood is something that Spike, not that long ago, probably would have been front and center, be like, this sucks and I want my grub. Right. But in this, he's trying to put on, you know, a positive face for Buffy's sake and be like, hey, I got my rations. I'm going to survive the whole week. And he's like, oh boy, I really made this last one, you know, really make it through the entire time. And then Buffy leaves. He's like, yeah, because I also didn't eat for three days. Right. Depressing. It really is. Buffy is also trying to be really peppy for Spike only. It's weird. It's just such a weird... I think that the whole world is created very realistically, but it's just a weird scenario to imagine, you know? Yeah. And there's a couple payphones that lead to the outside world. 
So Buffy's talking to Dawn on one of the payphones. And Dawn's like, yeah, you know, the world is getting back to normal in some ways. Some people just want to see people stay in these camps. Other people want to, you know, fight for their right to party. And Buffy's like, stay in school. Yeah, pretty much. And there's a giant line behind Buffy of people waiting to get, or demons waiting to to call people. And while that's all happening, there's a scuffle that starts forming in the line. And Buffy, being Buffy, feels the need to break up this fight. And so Buffy hangs up the phone, super angry because she had to hang up her call with Dawn early. And then she goes and beats up a bunch of demons. Yeah, and they're like, there's five of us in one of her. This'll be easy. Buffy goes, I've been called a lot of things. Never easy. In all fairness, Spike kind of called you that in season four after you slept with Parker. Not a good time to bring that up. So Spike (laughs) drinks his last drops of the old rations. And then Chewbacca comes to get him to tell him that there's a Slayer fight. It's not like Chewie. A little bit, yeah, but with pants. It's definitely Chewie with pants. And no bandolier. So Chewie comes and tells him that there's a Slayer fight. Spike runs out to go help Buffy, save Buffy, but it's not quite dark out. So he is smoking. Quite literally. They start beating things up. And Spike rips a door handle off of one of these trailers. It's a few feet long. And just starts cracking everyone across the face and it's stabbing metal. them. I feel yeah. like we should mention it's basically just a metal bar. Yeah. He's beating all the demons to death that Buffy isn't getting. And bites one of the Cyclopses in the neck, starts drinking his blood. And they do talk about in this arc how they haven't mentioned it yet, but like certain breeds of demons aren't natural like cyclopses and centaurs and mermaids how they're kind of human so spike goes for the kind of human one and just tears his throat out yeah and just starts drinking drinks deep um until buffy pulls him off and she goes you need to stop understand in all fairness if there were drinkable creatures in this camp i don't know why they've lasted this long i don't either and spike's like yeah i'm okay now that i've eaten they go back to the trailer and they're kind of licking their wounds and they're concerned like what are we gonna do this is all bad. And Buffy's like, one of these times you're not going to be able to stop. You're not actually going to stop at all. Including on my neck. She doesn't say that part, but it is implied. I, you know what? I just tear down implication and say them. You take all subtlety out. Yeah, it's kind of me. Very much me. So Buffy goes up to Jordan and she's like, look, if I work for you, can I get extra rations for Spike? Like, I don't care about me. I care about Spike. And she's not going to become an outside guard. She's going to become what they call a trustee, someone who works on the inside to try and keep, keep the peace. peace. Marriage. Not great. Marriage in sync. Boom. Fist bump. Explode. You didn't explode. No. I did. You did. And Buffy comes back with her second badge of the arc. And this one says, trustee, Summers. And I do love it, because I've said it before and I'll say it again. Christos Gage knows his Buffyverse. She comes back and says, well, my aptitude test did say I should be in law enforcement. Yeah, it did. Season two, baby! I also like that Buffy gets, like, a Kepler vest for this. Yeah, also helpful. Better for being punched and stabbed in the ribs. Yeah. Issue five begins once again with George's Genty. And a fight. Yeah. By demons. The Buffy's there to break up in her Kepler vest. I did kind of miss this with his art style. He always had a very stylized vampire bite. Like, it wasn't your traditional one. It's almost like the jaw is unhinged. Yeah, I kind of miss that. Yeah. It was more, he did it more with the zompire stuff, but... Seeing that in panel one, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of missed that. Yeah. I like his stuff. Anyway, Buffy's there to break up the fight between this vampire and the demon that it's trying to attack. Yeah. The vampire's like, what could be better than the blood of a slayer? And then you know what? Just continuing with awesome action scenes in this arc, we have an awesome action scene. I love this fight. Yeah. Buffy just beats everyone up. She dusts the vampire. But, oh, you're skipping over the greatness of it. I'm sorry. The vampire punches the kind of the side of the scythe, doesn't quite get it, ends up 
flipping it into the air behind Buffy, it lands axe down, so the stake is facing point up, and Buffy just picks him up, flips him over, and in probably my favorite image we've ever seen of dusting in the comics, it's fantastic. Like That's we, true, because among the dust you can see his eyes and part of his face still. And his teeth and all this, it's an amazing dusting image. Yeah, and his eyes are bugging out because he's, like, realizing what's happening. It's fantastic. What a great action scene. This is really our second great action scene of this arc already. Yes. And the ogre, who's been stirring up trouble all along. She just gets to murder us inside of our own camp. She's one of them. Blah, the slayers. Yeah, she's just a traitor. Blah, blah, blah. And Buffy starts to notice that that ogre, whenever he riles people up, he disappears pretty quickly when the fight actually starts. So she locks that away. And she goes back home to see Spike. He's like, hey, rough day. Buffy's like, when is it not? We live in an internment camp. Yeah, and she just starts yelling at Spike. She's like, I try to do my job, and I'm a Benedict Arnold and a traitor for keeping everyone safe. And then just yells at Spike. She's like, you know what? This all sucks. Let's hear your good plan for getting us out of this situation. Spike is the most mature person in this whole world right now. God, that's oof. True, though. <laughs> I know. Weird, but true. And Buffy's like, you know what, I'm sorry, and gives him a big hug. And I love this hug. Look at that hug. That's such a real hug. It's such a real hug. And she's like, a vampire just tried to bite my head off, and I thought I'd return the favor. I'm sorry. And Spike is just holding a coffee mug full of blood, and he's like, it is too early for this. He doesn't actually say that. I, I, know, I love his face, though, and just his reaction of, like, holding the mug out. He's like, don't spill it, don't spill it! See, I thought his face was more like, just, I don't even know what to say to that. Oh, I took it as, it is too early for this. I took it as, I have no answers for you. <laughs> either read works i guess yeah mine is a little more flippant yes yes as it usually is and we find out that willow has managed to get some of the witches out of the safe zone because they haven't shown any magical capabilities yet and it turns out that if they show no magical capabilities that despite being part of the wiccan group that they can get a pass to the outside world right as long as they never do it again and willow meets with lake who she's been in contact with and she's like yeah you just have to sign this documentation saying that you won't practice magic ever again under penalty of imprisonment yeah and they're like so i can't practice my religion and lake is like look it's not my call just don't actually do any magic and Willow's like, hey, there's a few other girls in here. They can't do a lot of magic. Like, nothing that's, like, worthwhile. Can we get them out of here, too? And Lake's like, no, absolutely not. So then Willow has another idea. She's like, if theoretically one could drain them of their powers. Siphon, if you will. Well, if one R. could R. drain them of their powers, could we get those girls out, too? Because in here, they're just sitting ducks waiting to be eaten. And it's not it's not fair to anybody not that draining of their uh, them of their powers is safe or normal and lake goes are you comfortable with this and then in a panel i'm not a big fan of <laughs> willow looks like she came straight out of the nightmare before christmas with her extreme facial exaggeration she's like goddess no yeah she's clearly horrified but it's a little too she's, clear she's very clearly horrified extra clearly horrified yeah, it looks like she's just seen something horrific on the ground instead of heard something horrific. I don't know how I can explain that as a different face, the hearing versus seeing something horrific. And Willow meets back up with Buffy and she's like, so what did the girls think about this whole siphoning idea? And she's like, yeah, I haven't told them yet because I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if I'm going to do the right thing. And Buffy says the thing that she needs to say. She's like, you're Willow, you do the right thing. That's kind of your MO. Yeah. Except for when you're bad, Willow. And they actually bring up something early buffy brings it up early and she's like hey so you wouldn't not be telling 
Calliope because you want her to stay there because you two kind of have a thing going on, right? Because she still has a girlfriend on the outside. Remember that? And Willow just kind of goes into a little bit of a tailspin, but... She's like, no, I don't have nothing for no one. Maybe. Not. Hopefully not. Would I do that? The answer is probably. And the two of them go to Willow's trail where Calliope also lives, side note. So, you know, tension. But it's Willow. I guess there aren't five slayers. I guess there are... I guess it's three of them now. Yeah, because Willow just got rid of two of them. Yeah. And Willow mentions that she's heard some rumblings of an uprising. And they go to Calliope. They're like, yeah, we know you know. We need to know (laughs) what's happening. And Calliope's like, why? I don't need to tell you anything. Which, dumb reaction, Calliope. Either be on their side or be against them. But don't be, like, petulant. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I agree with you. This, like, one page of dialogue was just too much. I was like, you... It just didn't make any sense. Do you have one group of people that's trying to protect you from being eaten in this place and trying to help you and and you're just like, I don't know if I actually want to help you back. And she tells them that the ogre who's been stirring up trouble has a plan for when water trucks come in to kind of restock that everyone is going to rush at the force field to, I don't know. Overpower the trucks or something? I, no, I think the plan is run into the force field and overcharge the circuit so it blows. Yeah. So, bad plan. Bad plan all over the place. And Calliope's like, oh, and it's happening right now. P.S. Well, she said today. <laughs> today, but... So there's a line of demons ready to run. The ogre goes, on my signal, only for his hand to be pushed aside by a familiar scythe. Yes. And so the ogre's like, you're done with everything. You traitor! And Buffy socks him in his big stupid face. And then breaks his wrists. And she's like, all right, everyone, go home. Only for the entire wall of demons to rush Buffy. She's like, oh, god damn it. So she beats them all up. Yeah. What's weird, Jordan and the other Slayers like, we gotta go in there and help them. And Buffy's like, oh no, Buffy's got her scythe. Buffy got this. Also, Buffy speaks in the third person now. It's not great. Well, she doesn't really, but... No, I understood that. She does need to blow off some steam. Yes. So she beats up everything, and the ones that she doesn't beat up run away from fear. And Jordan just looks in from the other side of the gate and goes, Hey, you did good. Maybe you do better on outside of the fence. You've earned it. And Buffy's like, All right. I'll join up with your stupid band of stupid stupids. Um, And we also find out that Willow has been putting, or had been putting, a calming spell on the crowd of demons trying to escape. Not that calming. No. Mildly calming. Didn't really work that well, but it was something, I guess. It's like she wanted to take the edge off and drank a wine cooler. That level of calming. Depends on who you are. That's fair. For you, you'd be, like, gone. Yeah. So Buffy's covered in blood, by the way. She looks rather vampire-esque. But... The next day. She's on the outside, yeah. Yeah, the next morning. Yeah, look at that. She's on the outside, and Jordan's going to let her go and be a work crew guard. Basically, she's walking with the demons to the factory, seemingly across the road. Yeah, and Jordan's like, I'm not that worried about you, you know, betraying us or leaving, because we have your Bithel and your BF inside, and also if you run away, it's just a bunch of desert, and you just die of dehydration anyway, so, you know. Good luck. Either way, you're screwed unless you actually work for us. Buffy's not pleased, but she does it anyway. So she goes to the factory and she sees, hey, they're making machinery parts. Yep, and she goes and visits each part of the factory, which is kind of weird that they'd be like, please, Buffy, have free reign. Yeah, and then she goes 
to the technology part where they're coding things and they don't know what it's about. And then she finds a restricted area where they are willing to shoot her in the face. Turns out that none of the vampires or demons working on things know what they're actually working on. They're just doing what they're told, but... They're working on individual components. They're not sure how it all connects to each other. Sounds like that serial killer from that book you have. Devil in the White City? Yeah, that one. Yeah, it does. Serial killer. And we see how hardcore things are outside as a demon tries to steal a jeep. There's been an issue with the aquatic-esque demons who are all living like in a pool together and conditions are bad because they've all just been shoved together. It's like, hey, are you going to help us? And she's like, I passed the message on. Deal with it. So he steals their jeep and they blow his brains out. I'm not sure what he was going to do with the jeep, honestly. I think Run it was away. more of a suicide mission. I think he was trying to escape. Do you? Yeah. This reminded me a lot of Shawshank with the rubber bullet scene. Yeah. Because you made me watch that one time. Made you? I wanted something light and fluffy and you were like, you've never seen Shawshank. When do I ever, do I ever like, you know what would be great? A nice serious movie. Yes. <laughs> Random aquatic demon swam through a mile of shit and came out clean on the other side. Was that an impression? That was Morgan Freeman. Was it? Okay. It didn't sound at all like that little girl. Mostly. <laughs> there you go. Mostly come at night. Mostly. What's her name? Newt. Newt from Aliens. Sorry. Plural. Mm-hmm. And Buffy goes back to her trailer where she gives all the information to Willow and Spike and they're trying to figure out what all of this could mean and they're going to need to do more reconnaissance. Preferably with Willow because Willow understands magic and technology, which this seems to be a combination of. Yes. You know, that thing that she used for the very first time last season. Not the first time. Whatever. You know what I mean. Cont- or I know what you mean. Continuity. Is your favorite thing. I think good storytelling is my favorite thing. You really enjoy continuity. I do. They kind of go hand in hand. I feel like you would not call it good storytelling if it were not full of magical continuity. I don't know. I'm pretty on board for Evil Dead and that thing is all over the place. And the old Universal Monster movies. Those things have no continuity. So you were nostalgic or you like continuity. (laughs) Evil Dead's still happening, baby. Season three coming soon. Yeah, but it started before you were born. Oh, yeah. Way. Well, not way marginally sorry who's turning 30 this year who's (laughs) turning 30 in a month bias patreon yeah and in another location in the camp we see the ogre who is banding together another group of demons saying that the slayer has to die okay i honestly read that part and i was like that's every demon ever in the entire million seasons of buffy so (laughs) best of luck don't care starting part six Ooh, longest episode ever Possibly no, that, remember that one? Didn't we do one that was like eight episodes? Eight issues? Oh yeah, Frey. It was a million issues. Yeah, it was like episode three. It was a lot. Two. I'll say three. Anyway, coming back to this. We return to Rebecca Isaacs doing art. And pencil And uh, inks. Pencils and inks. Mm-hmm. Pinks. She's back on pinks. Coining that phrase. Never used it before. It's not great. I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I don't particularly like it either. Yeah, bond with it. But Buffy and Willow start at the day saying... Today's the day. They're going to try to get Willow out into the outside as well. And Buffy is being watched by a demon named Peepers. Yeah, who is just a giant eyeball with wings. And teeth. Yes. I love that his name is Peepers. I think I read it as Pepper. No, no, it's Peepers. It's definitely Peeper. I had to ask because it sounded fun. I can't help that. But it is, you know, there's only one Peeper to be fair. I suppose. Fine, he's just Peeper. And Peeper relays information to the ogre. Somehow, we'll say a wizard did it. Yes. And so the ogre has decided to ambush Buffy as she goes to the gate that morning. So she is on her merry way. 
All of a sudden, the demons attack her from between two trailers, and Buffy does what Buffy does best. And kills all of them. And she goes, oh, you drugged me and ambushed me? I call that my 18th birthday present. What up? We know about that episode from season three. We do. I do remember that as well. I, I like callbacks. So she beats up everybody. She doesn't beat up everybody. That guy doesn't have a head. He doesn't have a torso. He's stabbed so through the heart. she kills everybody. Whatever. She, she maims and or kills everybody. Except for the ogre who doesn't get killed. He only gets maimed. But Buffy does break his wrist and hog ties him. And she's yeah. like, and then she kind of like Batman's it. She's like, where's the trigger? You wouldn't give it to an ordinary citizen. Kind of reminded me of that. I can kind of see that. In other words, <laughs> Buffy goes to the ogre and she's like, look, so... Every time you instigate everybody, you then disappear. So clearly you have bigger designs than just trying to escape. You're clearly working for the government. Tell me what you know, and I won't break anything else. And then he cries. Not a single sexy tear, but two whiny... Rivers of tears? Yes. And he's like, I just, I don't know what to do. I am working for them, and they make me do things. So he's supposed to inform on everybody in the camp to the powers that be, but not the powers that be. Yeah. And with that information, knowing that, you know, the government is stirring things up, we cut back to Willow and the other girl's trailer where she sucks the magic from two of the remaining witches, leaving only Calliope. Willow is kind of you know, off. jazzed up from, you know, her magical high. Don't get Willow near those magical highs. She goes bad Willow. Real quick. And Calliope's like, hey, I think you're doing the right thing. Let's make out. And Willow's like, uh, you have a girlfriend, so <laughs> this is the leave, part, yeah. <laughs> but also don't tempt me anymore. Yeah, she's like, you have a girlfriend whose name escapes me at the moment. Yes. And Calliope leaves, which is weird because she lives there. Yeah, I don't know where Calliope goes. She doesn't just go to her room, I guess. She doesn't really have enough magic to protect herself, so good luck, Calliope. Hope you don't die. And we hear a knock-knock knocking on Willow's door. Willow thinks it's Calliope, and Buffy's like, hey, it's just me. Um, I'm bloody and bruised. I'm dying. Clean me up. But not really dying. And Willow's like, oh, thank God, I have somewhere to put my extra mojo, and uses it to heal up Buffy. Yep. And she's like, can we not tell Spike about this whole situation? And a plan is formulated. How are they going to get Willow out on the outside? Boom, the next morning. Smash cut. Yes. So Buffy's on her way out again. And Spike decides to walk with her wearing a hoodie so he doesn't burn up. Wearing a nice beige hoodie. Yep. And Spike starts a fight right at the gates. Yeah. Throwing a demon through, which screws up all of their sensors. And because... so Invisible Willow can sneak through. Yeah. He breaks the pole that senses all of their things. And Buffy puts on a show. She's like, what are you doing? Why are you breaking their magical poles? Telling when th- people are coming hither and thither. Close, yeah. Very close interpretation. Yeah, whatever. But Willow, um, Harry Potter's herself out of there. Cloak of invisibility and stuff. Yes, and because Buffy has the side that with her. That is as close as I am going to be able to make a Harry Potter thing work. I do not know that world. I was proud of you. Tried. So, uh, because... She's more Dumbledore because Dumbledore doesn't need a cloak. Anyway, because of the scythe, Willow's magic is pretty undetectable. Yeah, the scythe. she's right next to Buffy. The scythe is a relatively magical thing. And any scan, even though Spike just broke the damn thing, would probably not register Willow as a separate entity. Right. They would just think it was the magical scythe. And Willow goes about, sees all the things that she needs to see, and gets back inside of the cage before they ever know that she's gone and she is never detected. She pretty much comes to the same conclusion as Buffy, that it's something magical and scientific 
that's a machine, that all the parts are being built in different areas, so they're meant to work together. But what it's for, well, it's not clear 100% what it's for, but part of what it is is going to be sucking out magical energy and repurposing it. So sucking the full magical energy out of everyone within the camp would kill some of the demons that fully rely on it. Like Buffy and Willow would just go back to being human. But as we mentioned, like Cyclopses and Centaurs and Mermaids, they would all die because magic is what holds them together. And also all vampires would just drop dead because they are literally dead bodies being held together by magic. So Buffy's like, no, my boyfriend! Boyfriends. Sins, except for Riley. So, not a great thing. So, Buffy is more convinced than ever that what they need to do is to break out of there and destroy whatever this is. Even though Willow very cleverly brings up the fact that they just move the operation somewhere else. But... Yeah, they need to destroy all of the components no matter what. Yes. So, that's the end of six issues. Oh, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a... Br- oh, you're not gonna... Interact with that? All right, we're halfway through the season. Um, I do very much appreciate that we have a very single story. That we're not trying to flip back and forth because we did a lot of that in the past couple arcs. Yeah, and compare this to something like season eight. That was four years. This is one. This is 12 issues, a tight 12. Is that like a tight 10? I just found out what that is. No, it's not like a tight 10. This isn't a stand-up routine. Well, whatever. It's not that different. This is much darker. Yes, but you also want it to be concise and entertaining. Give your, give your best material. Mm-hmm. Open with your second best joke first, close with your best joke. Mm -hmm. So. And that's how comedy works. From having to describe things like, what's going on with Don and Xander? Versus what's going on with everybody else at home? Blah, blah, blah. I really appreciate that we have one concise story that is not trying to split its time. No, I love this season. And when it started coming out just immediately, I was like, my reaction to the first issue was like, this season has something to say. Because if you go back to all of the seasons of television, you can always kind of like boil it down to like, this season has a very specific message. Your reaction to me was, this is the best that this comic has been possibly ever. Yeah, and you know, toss up between this and after the fall. But again, that was even Angel. Yeah, so I mean... If you want to stick to the Buffy side of things, I think season 11 is the best this has ever been. Which, considering they've been at this for a decade... Says quite a bit. That's not bad. No. No, and we'll talk about it in the future. Like, one of the things I want from this franchise is for it to end. Mm -hmm. Which sounds harsh, considering, like, it's the best it's ever been. End it. No, you want it to end well. You don't want it to go out on a... Fizzle. Yeah. You want it to end on a high note, on their terms. Better to burn out than to fade away kind of deal. Yeah. But overall, this is strong stuff. I think the art is the best we've seen from Rebecca Isaacs. I love seeing George's Genty back in the mix. Mm-hmm. The writing is tight. And you know, usually when we go through these things, I will verbalize every little nitpick I can come up with. And I did like, what, two? Three? And they were in the first issue. They were like nothing. This this book is tight. It really is. And it's it's well done. And it's... It's just they paced hit... so damn well. Well, they hit the right balance because Buffy is always trying to find, like, the balance between the supernatural and the realism. If there's any gripe to be had, it's that the metaphor is paper thin. Yeah. But considering it's kind of, you know, important subject matter, I don't mind. Right. And also it's not, it's the same as the Avengers. It's a very logical step that the government, or that in the face of something like this, 
Are you talking about Civil War? Yeah. Okay. Isn't it? I guess, yeah. Isn't it very similar that they're trying to make, uh, they're trying to gather information to figure out what to do next, except that in the, it's all coming out wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, if you go with the Civil War analogy, if this was real life, I would be 100% like, you need to regulate them. But in the that world, I'm like, no, let them do what they want. Right. Yeah, it's... It's kind of the same here, where I'm like, let them do what they want, they're the best. Right. But if it was real life, I'd be like, census, we need to census, that sounds accurate. Although, just so we're clear, you would never go further than the census. You would never be like, so, safe zone. Okay, I wouldn't go for that. I'm just clarifying. Like, if I can make a Three Stooges reference, I'd be like, are you happy you're married and you're safe zones? <laughs> then maybe. Gosh. Anyway. Married. Um, up next is Angel. We're not going to deal with Angel till we get to that, because you love it so much. So... <laughs> Where can you find us? Uh, yeah, if you want to find us, editorsofcomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll get the show a whole week early, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Find out what I think about season 11 of Angel. Boy. You have thoughts. Anyway, we will talk to you then. Oh, hey, we're not done plugging. Oh, sorry. iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. You just got distracted by your... Love. Love of Angel. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. You know what? I think that's how we'll review it. I'll just like pretend like everything is great and then I'll just break. I'll cut that. Maybe that's actually how I'll do it. Okay, cool. Like, oh, look at this logical step it took. I think that'd be funny. What do you think? Yeah. Well, it depends. I haven't read it yet, so I have no idea. And, you know, YouTube, other podcasting platforms, tell your friends, have a listening party. Really? I don't know, probably not. Listen in your car while you're driving somewhere. Or when you're exercising. Or when you're vacuuming. Or if you need something to fall asleep to. Ooh, good call. Anyway. Because <laughs> we're that dull. We will talk to you later. Have a lovely week. Like in a week. Bye. <laughs>